0: Hello folks, welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon for the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, October 2nd, 2022, offered at St. Barnabas Episcopal Church in Roanoke, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon is Luke chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. Two parables, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the worthless slave. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. A renowned New Testament scholar named Marcus Barth was known to tell his students, if you can't find the word of God in the text, it isn't the text fault. You need to go back and try again. I was sort of reminded of this teaching in reading today's gospel because it is sort of a confusing mashup of stories. We have both the parable of the mustard seed squeezed in right together without a break with this parable about the worthless slave. So carrying this advice, right, if you don't hear the word of God in the text, it's not the text's fault. You have to go back and try again. I would also add my advice if a gospel passage isn't making sense it may be that you need to read more of the story than what we've been given on a Sunday morning. And in this case, we need to hear what is in verses 1 through 4 of chapter 17 in the Gospel of Luke to understand what Jesus is responding to. So if we rewind the tape a little bit and go back to those earlier verses, we realize that Jesus has just taught the disciples three things— he has told them that they should not be stumbling blocks for the little ones coming into the faith. And by little ones, he doesn't just mean children. He means all of those that are perhaps small in society. So the poor, the marginalized, the outcast, the ones that do not have standing, that the disciples should not be a stumbling block for them finding the faith. Jesus then has told them, that they should hold each other accountable. So when one has committed a wrong, the other disciples need to hold them accountable for that wrong. But most importantly, the disciples need to be prepared to forgive that person when they have repented for the wrong that they have caused. Even if that means they have to repent seven times a day because they keep doing the wrong over and over again, the disciples are called to forgive them seven times a day or as many times as it takes. It is these teachings about commute, about not being a stumbling block to those entering the community, about holding each other accountable and about forgiveness that the, the apostles then say to Jesus, increase Our faith. You're teaching us these hard things, so increase our faith so that we can manage to do what you are asking us to do. But what are the apostles really asking for when they say increase our faith? Now, sometimes we think of faith about how you have a certain set of beliefs, right? We practice the Christian faith. We are Episcopalians, and so we have a certain set of beliefs that come with being an Episcopalian, some that we share with other Christians, some that are different, right? We talk about our faith as though it is something that we kind of possess and hold on to. But Hebrews tells us that faith is the assurance, of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith isn't some piece of property that we can sort of grow and, and bend to our will. Faith really comes down to the fact that we trust in something that's not just us. And for Christians, that means that we trust in a God who has made promises to us. And we hold on to that trust in relationship even when we can't see the results of God's promises right now in our lives. So, the apostles asked to increase their faith, to increase their trust, to increase the assurance of things hoped for, so that when they are told by Jesus that they should forgive somebody over and over and over again, that they have enough trust in God's promises to offer that forgiveness. And it's to this, to this sort of request for increasing of faith so that they can be a community marked by forgiveness that Jesus gives this very short parable about that if we just had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could look at a tree and tell it to move into the sea and it would go. It's an attractive image. We would love our faith to have that sort of power that we could command the created world around us to do with itself That what we ordered. But we cannot fall into this temptation of the parable to turn faith into some sort of tool or weapon to gauge our faith against the faith of others. Right? Because the temptation here, and we've heard it in Christianity, is to say, well, if someone is able to do great things, or if great things happen for them, then they must have a lot of faith. Or if someone is struggling, or if they are sick, or if they are just not catching a break, we say, well, it's because they just don't have enough faith, because clearly, if they had enough faith, they wouldn't be in this situation. But remember where we started, back in verse 1 of this chapter, that the disciples are not to be a stumbling block to those that are coming into the community, those that are called to follow Jesus, and this narrow, result-based understanding of what it means to have faith has certainly proven itself to be a stumbling block for many over and over and over again. This parable of the mustard seed certainly teaches us that faith is a powerful thing. But when we read it in the larger story, we also know that faith is something that is about relationship. It is about our relationship to God and our relationship to each other. And so when we increase our faith, we can do so by increasing the community of people that that are around us. And when our faith is held as a community, maybe we don't each hold something the size of a mustard seed. It might be something very much smaller than that. But our little offering of faith, we come together in community and we share it and offer it up to God. And suddenly, as a community, we may be doing remarkable things. Faith is not something that we hold on to jealously as an individual. Faith is something that we are given to offer to each other so that we can forgive each other, so that we can stay in relationship, so that we can grow in the trust and assurance of what God has promised for us. Jesus also answers the apostles' request to have their faith increased with this story first of a master, right? He tells the apostles, if you are a master, consider this. But then by the end of the parable, he has asked the apostles to consider themselves as the slave, as the servant, right? When a servant is done, is expected to do certain things at certain appropriate times and they do that, right? Then they have just done what they have been tasked with doing. It's not something that necessarily is celebrated at that particular time. The apostles don't need the faith the size of a mustard seed to move trees about Palestine. They need faith that is enough to do the work that they have been given to do by Christ at that moment. They need faith to serve each other and to serve God and to build a community built on God's trust and grace and love and forgiveness. And when they consider what it means to be a servant, it is Jesus himself that is offered as a model of that service. It is Jesus that tells us that he comes into the world not to be served but to serve. It is Jesus who carries so much trust and trust God all the way through his earthly mission, all the way through his passion, all the way to the cross, into the grave, and through to the resurrection. Jesus trusts God enough to serve his disciples in the world to the very end. He trusts God enough that he gets on his knees and washes the feet of the man that would betray him. Jesus has enough faith for all of us. He had the faith to move mountains, to call down angels, but instead he offered himself into the work that his father had given him to do to build a community of mutual service marked by sacrificial love. So yes, we can join with the disciples and the apostles this morning and we can say, Lord, increase our faith, but make sure that we are asking for that increase of faith for the right thing. Lord, increase our faith so that we can welcome more people into the salvation and love of Jesus Christ. Lord, increase our faith so that we can hold each other accountable and offer forgiveness. Increase our faith so that we can forgive over and over and over again. And increase our faith so that we can serve like Jesus did. Amen.